0: While it was a quiet week in Independent League Baseball, there is still some news to discuss. and That includes the New York Boulders. We'll cover that and much more here on this episode of the Indie Ball Report podcast. So we're back again. Episode 42, the Jackie Robinson episode. Oh, yeah. We don't really have anything. That has anything to do with Jackie Robinson, but it's 42, so. so yeah, honor Jackie Robinson, great plan. Yeah, so why not? It's Jackie Robinson. In any case, so we got a couple of things to cover today. It's probably going to be a fairly quick episode, but I don't think anyone can really complain after we put out uh, over a 90-minute long Q&A episode last time around.
1: Yeah, we we went hard in the paint last week, and this week we're, we're going to slow up a little bit, so there we go.
0: <laughs> exactly. So it's going to be just a couple of typical off-season stories, have a little fun with this. Maybe towards the end of the month, so not next episode, but the one after that, we may do like a a decade review. Think yeah. that will be at the end of the decade. We could do something like that. That'd be fun. A, yeah, maybe look back at the past year, that whole kind of thing. Maybe mm-hmm. look forward to in the next decade of independent league baseball. Mm-hmm. That whole thing. But that's plans for later on down the line. We'll figure them out as we go along. And in the meanwhile, we have to talk about Keon Barnum because he is Baseball America's. Independent League Player of the Year.
1: Well-deserved, of course.
0: Yep. So, Keon Barnum, Player of the Year in Indie Ball, as we just said. While I was editing the last episode, I saw that came out, and then I had to tweet it out and be like, we didn't notice this until just now, so congrats to Keon Barnum. <laughs> yeah, so he got named Baseball America's Player of the Year. In 98 games, he managed to put up a 311 batting average. He slugged He slugged for 635 and an OPS of a 000.030, 31 home runs an American Association record. He played for the Chicago Dogs, the American Association. Ninety RBIs and 52 walks, like I said, all in ninety-eight games, so a very solid year for him. Yeah, I just is something of note. Last year we mentioned uh Jordani Valdespin had won this. I figured we'd mention him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. This is really a great honor for him. I think well deserved, as I as I mentioned before. He's certainly someone who put up great numbers last year, and I think he uh, is looking good to move forward and move up like Giordini Valdespin did. He initially got, uh, you know, kind of re signed by, uh, what was it, like AAA or AA or something like that?
0: Yeah. He wound up winding up with the Twins. The Twins. I think he spent most of the year between AA and AAA. Yeah. I don't think he managed to get back to the Majors this year, but he's still back in affiliated ball.
1: Yeah, but it puts you in good space to get uh, picked up by an affiliated team, so I think that's a good thing. And overall, I really just think that he is uh, someone who had a fantastic year and will continue to get looks now because of that fantastic year. Uh, I do want to shout out to Telvin Nash, who also did have a fantastic year, 41 home runs, but in more games. Like you said, 40 more games off air. So, uh, you know, obviously I think this is very, uh, you know, very aptly awarded. I think it was the right person to award it to. But I did want to highlight Nash because he just did have such a phenomenal uh,
0: uh, season as well. Yep, that was what I was going to bring up in just a minute. I was going to say it's really the only other guy I could realistically see winning this award would be Telvin Nash. Obviously, the Atlantic League is a little bit better than the American Association. They're fairly comparable, though, when you think of it just Atlantic League tends to churn out more guys that wind up back in affiliate systems for whatever reason that may be. And Nash did have more home runs. He did have more RBIs, and he had a bunch more walks, 41 home runs, 100 RBIs, and 105 walks. Um, He didn't set any records, though. Uh, He only batted 294. He had actually a lower slugging percentage. It may kind of not register for a lot of people to go, he had more home runs and more RBIs, but slugging was worse. Yeah, uh, obviously because of the less games played, like you mentioned. Right. Uh, 623 was his slugging, and then the only place he was really better was in OPS, where he was at... uh, thousand point oh four six, so ever so slightly better than Barnum there. But like you said, it was about forty more games, ninety eight games for Barnum to one hundred thirty seven by Nash. So
1: great years yeah. by both guys, but I think ultimately the right move was made to give it to Barnum. And, and obviously, you don't want either player to lose the award because they both had such great years. But I think it eventually went to the right person, and I think that Nash should feel fantastic about his opportunities moving forward as well. Uh, but just for this award for this year, I definitely think that he definitely uh, Barnum definitely deserved the uh, award that he got
0: a hundred percent there. And I look for Barnum to wind up signing with someone probably a little bit later on, probably around of January or February. Or so I could see him getting a spring training invite and then probably spending most of the next year in triple a or double a. I think he certainly earned that with the slugging potential he has. One of the things that stood out to me in the Baseball America article that announcing this was that he said, I went back to my old style of swing. I went back to how I was hitting in high school when I was a real power hitter and whatnot. And for the first time, I developed power to the opposite field. I always used to be able to, you know, push one down there, but never home runs. And now I believe the article said about half his home runs were opposite field home runs. So when you have that kind of power, it really makes you a valuable player. Even at a minor league level,
1: especially in today's game, that the value of power hitters has increased exponentially in the mm. past years in Major League Baseball. It's, it's been more of a hit a home run or bust kind of a offensive strategy lately. Get a guy on and hit a home run. Uh, and so I think that is very much fits in with what he is kind of transformed and reshaped himself into as a player and i think that's why you're absolutely correct you've hit the nail on the head that he will get ultimately either a double a or triple a assignment uh for next year because i don't foresee him not being picked up uh with those kind of numbers and that kind of potential
0: A 100 percent. i obviously room for him you like to see that happen now he's still developing here at this point, so that's definitely voting in his favor. And so, with that, I think we can kind of move on now from Keon Barnum, who had a terrific year. Like Telvin Edge, terrific years for each. But time to move on to the McCoy Stadium update for what seems like the 10th week in a row, and <laughs> will probably be ongoing as the timeline appears to be. Over the next few months, we'll have a decision here. It came out, I believe, on the 11th, so that would be, what, Tuesday?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so.
0: So, it came out on Tuesday that really we have more of the same happening here we're still at we don't know if it's going to be sports related there or not There's money committed elsewhere in the city they're not committed to getting the baseball team there as much as they like it you have local investors wanting to try and get a uh, a team there you have the governor saying we'd like to be in the eastern league but that doesn't seem like that's going to be happening no and it seems like a short season new york Penn league would make a lot more sense it's going to mm-hmm. be teams like that coming to be available soon but that whole situation is rather muddled because of the obvious uh, contraction issue that's on the table and being discussed right now in uh, San Diego with all the winter meetings and whatnot
1: right yeah with the MLB maybe slashing those minor league teams it makes their chances difficult at
0: best exactly so then you go ahead and you take a look at where we're kind of at now uh, and that's basically uh, we're kind of putting a hold on Bolton at the moment. They're holding everything off at the moment. They're looking at the stadium, kind of reviewing it, seeing how fit it is and the whole standard. Um, they're not against knocking the stadium down and then using it from municipal land and putting something else there or just totally refurbishing the thing like a concert venue again could possibly be on the table. Um, and again, uh, if Bolton's going to get it, it would be probably for 2022. Uh, so they're still going to play through 2020, and I don't imagine 2021 you're going to see a, a team dive right in there because there would have to be work done to the stadium. That's one of the things Bolton has said, and if his work in New Britain is any sort of indicator, we're not looking at him paying for that work. We're looking at uh, the city of Pawtucket paying for that work, and I'm sure after putting $400 million to building a soccer stadium, an office park, well, also a residential space, as well as a commercial space, I'm sure they're not going to be thrilled about having to repurpose a seemingly uh, 80, 90-year-old building. I don't think they're going to be too game for that. But one of the things you would want to see done is the stadium eat smaller, which does make sense to me. It's a 10,000-seat stadium, which is going to be hard to, to kind of fill up. Even so, halfway. Exactly. I think dropping it to 4,000 would really be the best bet here. Yeah. Because if we're being honest... Probably not even gonna reach four thousand.
1: The only one that ever pulls more than four thousand is Somerset. Well Long Island does. Oh, excuse me. And Long Island. Yeah, I make that correction. Yeah, Long Island and Somerset are the only two that pull that those kind of numbers.
0: Exactly. But they have that backing of being there for twenty plus years each, and they're very well ran. They normally will get the top tier players. You know, Somerset will just kinda of pull from any real major league team and wind up with a handful. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of foreign Mets or foreign Mets prospects that kind of filtered out of the system that wind up in Long Island. And each side does a terrific job of creating a game day experience, which is more than baseball. Right. I know uh, the president of the Ducks has said in the past, we don't want to say baseball secondary here, but from a family perspective and getting people in the ballpark thing, they're not coming necessarily for the game. They're coming for everything else. They're coming to have a night out. So you have to make sure they enjoy their night out more then they enjoy the game they're watching. Right, or and
1: equally as much
0: anyway. Exactly. And so when you have to deal with that, you know, it's a different way of handling it. And I'm not sure if Pawtucket is uh, going to be that receptive, especially because they have such a tradition of having an affiliate team there. And it's undeniable that there's going to be that kind of uh, mentality as to what are we getting here? Right. I, I think, think it's going to be thought of as lesser, even though it's really not at all. It's the same quality of play, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, I think there's a certain amount of pretension that may be, you know, kind of inherent into that area because they have had such a prestigious run uh, with their affiliated team for so long. So I think now that you have independent leagues, a lot of folks might scoff at that. And I think that's unfortunate for them because I think that is their best chance of uh, retaining baseball in Pawtucket is through the Independent League, specifically through the Atlantic League, which is such a well-run league, mm. uh, you know, d- despite all of the... I mean, New with, Britain as a whole. Right. They, like, I'm New just, Britain.
0: Yeah, if you look at the ones that went out recently, Bridgeport it was the more or less the city saying we want to turn this into something else. So, on yeah. Camden, there's factors at play there. That's the reason there. Nork's problem was it just... It, it, the recession hit... And then right. current ownership couldn't afford to keep it. And they also had some problems that they had to deal with. That went away. And then they had a couple of stop gaps, And then the last one they have just was totally incompetent running a team. Right. I mean, just levels of, you could look up Nork Bears um, failure and you'll see, or Nork Bears final owner. And you'll see things like this, my favorite story of it all was they promised to have a Justin Bieber concert. This was like at the height of Bieber mania, like 2011, 2012. You know, when he first came out, it was really like a big deal. Right, right, right. And the thing is, he hadn't even known the venue existed. They never contacted him, but they were selling tickets to an event that was never scheduled. Uh, You know, that is... uh, That's a problem. That's what
1: some would call fraud. That is what some may call fraud. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, you have those issues that have occurred in the Atlantic League, but... As a, but those are really just kind of one-off issues. And isolated issues. But I would say as a whole, especially with the backing of the partnership with Major League Baseball, this is a very strong league. And they should not be, in Pawtucket, concerned about having that league there. Because there is a level of prestige that is with it. Maybe not the same as an affiliated team, yeah. but close enough.
0: I'd argue there's more stability in independent league baseball than, my, than affiliated Major League ball. But the current moment with the restructuring everything, it's very hard to say. When the next time this is going to happen, and it seems very touch and go that this came out of nowhere. It just—it's pardon the pun, but it's a curveball that no one saw coming. Right now, we're all going now. Just the forty-two teams that are risking uh, going down, looking here because they just (laughs) didn't even know. And so, at least with the independent leagues, you can kind of tell, and you're ready for it to happen, even if it's not you know the most stable thing. I think anyone arguing that any sport is stable is a very shaky argument to begin with. And at least with the independent leagues, you're not really worrying about other competition from other leagues and whatnot. And you're not restricted to territorial rules. You're not at the whim of other teams and whatnot. And similar to like what Barnum was saying, he got to go back to that style. He didn't have to do what the upper management wanted him to do. They didn't have he didn't have to worry about someone saying, no, that's not the efficient way to monitor your launch angle. We want you to do it this way. You don't have to worry about that as a player's perspective. You're still going to get quality in there. And really what it comes down to with the Atlantic League is what's your ownership structure like. Because if you look, only two of them are really out of their control. And if Pawtucket's on their side, then really a solid ownership Wash away all these issues that they've had recently.
1: Agreed, and and the other big issue is that l- very much like you're saying, you can kind of go back and you don't have to deal with it. But also, it may in some ways, as you're saying, be more stable for players as well mm-hmm. to be able to really showcase their talent in the Atlantic League. The Atlantic me- League may get a huge boost by these 42 teams being in limbo because a lot of players are going to say, I don't want them. I don't want the team to all de- all of a sudden one day you know disappear. Mm-hmm. So they jump ship to the Atlantic League, or at which at has. The-
0: yeah, no, no, right. right,
1: which has this partnership with Major League Baseball. That interconnection could work, work really well, and I think Pawtucket ultimately winds up out of this. If they do have an Atlantic League team with a strong fan base, a strong team, and they get, I think, a whole lot of high-quality talent. I think they're going to get a lot of high-quality talent because I just don't see minor league teams having the same amount of talent that they once did because... You're going to have guys who are going to say, I would rather, I I, I have not had the opportunity because all of these teams have been cut. Yeah. And so because I don't have that opportunity, I'm going to jump ship to the Atlantic League and now I'm going to really get a chance to shine.
0: I think that's only going to kind of be at the lower levels though. I think we're right. going to see for that. Obviously, if there's guys in double and triple A, they're not going to be going anywhere. Right. I'm talking think, about
1: single A. Yeah. The, the older more. guys
0: are kind of trapped in single A now because there's no yeah. single A plus, there's fewer double A teams. I could see that. I think that's going to be more rare, far and few between, though. Right. I do
1: do think it'll be far and few between, but I I also think that it'll be more – you'll have more of it because you'll have guys who are genuinely not just getting
0: enough looks. I could see it. I don't think it's impossible to happen. I think it's just going to be kind of rare to see that because once you're in the affiliated system, you want to be there because at least it gets you closer. But certainly playing time matters if you're stuck behind three different guys or – you're 26 and the organization has a 24 year old. They want to kind of push up and get looks at. And so you're riding the pine six days a week and only 10, and one out of every seven games and, you know, a 90 game schedule. You're not seeing the field very often. So it's hard for anyone to judge you. So I could see that for older guys, but it's, it's definitely a situation to watch with it. And it's just with McCoy, you just moves so slow and nothing really ever changes. And it's always just, well, we got to look at this, we got to watch this and then they'll move on something else. And it's, it's just such a difficult situation and it's just one that I want done with one way or the other. I'm sure everyone just kind of wants to know. I just have the sinking feeling, and I'm not sure why I have this because it's not too much pushing in that way, that they're going to come to the conclusion of well, it's an old building that, you know, maybe we shouldn't put a team here and, you know, why don't we just tear it down and build a concert venue or something like that. I just have that sinking feeling that that's what the conclusion's going to be and it's going to be one that It's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way and that will eventually people won't be bothered by it as much, but we'll always just kind of be there.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel the same way. I think uh, we've been covering this story for the whole year. We've been doing this and consistently. (laughs) And I think that it's the only way this gets resolved is with McCoy ultimately being either remodeled or demolished. And now with putting, I mean, millions of dollars, 400, is that what you said, 400 million? Yeah,
0: 400 million was dumped into the other project.
1: Dumped into the other project. The The town is just not, the city of Pawtucket is just not going to put that much money into it, and it's just not going to be worth it to operate it at that mm-hmm. cost. So, I do believe that ultimately, uh, the fate of McCoy does not seem to be in a good stead if you're just taking a gut reaction right now with yeah. no facts.
0: That, and the other thing is, the group that wants that minor league team, the affiliate one, is the local investor group that normally the Atlantic League likes to go with. I mean, normally, if you look at the strategy, it's have Bolton buy because he can afford to keep in the short term for about four or five years, and then hand the baton off to a local group. And if the local group's dead set on, we want affiliated ball, we want none of this other stuff, then you really don't have another group to hand it off to. And as we saw with New Britain, Bolton is not afraid to bolt. I mean, he's he'll drop it if he's saying it's not... A great situation and clearly unless McCoy gets a lot of money which Bolton's not going to put in himself because if you're only planning on keeping it for five years it's not a good investment from a business perspective to dump you know a couple million to a building you're planning on handing off then it's going to look an awful lot like New Britain where you have an old building that used to have an affiliated market doesn't got an affiliated market anymore doesn't have a local ownership group doesn't have great attendance doesn't have a draw And even if they're playing okay baseball or good baseball, like New Britain was, done really both has at the last month of each half, they were playing pretty good. It puts in a very identical situation, and there's nothing to say it won't happen again.
1: Agreed, and there's nothing to say it won't happen again. And I just I feel for the fans in Pawtucket because it's such a rich history, and McCoy is such a stadium with such a rich history of baseball there. But unfortunately, I just don't. It's just not trending in a direction that seems that it will be viable unless by some miracle they get an affiliated team.
0: Exactly. So we'll watch and see, but it's just a it's a very weird situation right now where it leans one way then it leans the other way and just it seems like everyone well obviously everyone has an agenda, but it just seems like the agendas are awfully uh shifty at the moment. Yep. Yep. In a way they're just constantly changing not in like an underhanded way.
1: Right. Yeah, they're just constantly changing. It's not nothing illegal is going on, just uh or immoral, it's just a lot of thought is being put into it as it should be and we'll see where it goes from here.
0: Yep. All right. So we'll go to the other team now that our other city that was going to get a team and doesn't look like it now. Going to Mobile, Alabama, it was basically made official on Tuesday that that's not going to happen. ALPB group was basically told go wait in the corner and the other group got the bid. So I believe that was MSEG, Mobile Sports Entertainment Group, who will be bringing high school baseball, college baseball, other events to Hank Aaron Stadium. The stadium won't be demolished. So that's good. Um, And also they're going to cover rent, utilities, things like that. And that's going to run through uh, March of 2022. If I had to guess, I'd say there's probably going to be a summer collegiate league in there, because that would make sense.
1: Yeah, probably something like that. And I also think that there may be uh, high school games played there as well.
0: Yeah, there's going to be that for certain. Right,
1: I think that'll be awesome. Uh, I think this is actually... To be honest, if we're looking at it from a local community standpoint, although it's a a bummer that you certainly won't be able to have an an independent league team there and all of that comes with, uh, I think there's also... A great thing for the community to have this facility used for high school games. As someone who played high school baseball, it would just be fantastic to have these stadiums that are a little bit more advanced and it really makes you elevate your game. And it's great for the, the you know, the whole town and the whole city to really come together at these moments and be mm-hmm. part of this community. So I think it will wind up being a good thing uh, for Mobile.
0: Plus, we always talk about on this show how you can't just have baseball on a facility and expect that team to last. You need to have other things there. So I think it would be really hypocritical for us to say, oh, no, it's terrible. They shouldn't have done with this. I mean, if you're being objective here, this is probably the better move. I mean, we're obviously rooting for an independent league team there. But when your whole strategy and your whole bid is based around, we're going to get an independent league team here. So we're still going to have pro baseball. And you don't really have another plan to manage the stadium for the other eight months of the year you got a problem there and they had they said no we got a plan we're going to go during these colder months we're going to have light shows we're going to have haunted house things we're going to have craft shows expos things like that and during the warmer months we're going to have college teams play there we're going to have high school teams play there we're going to make it a community center and I can understand why it passed 7-0. It's a lot more of an appealing option when you're going to say, this facility is going to be an 11 to 12 month facility, as opposed to it's going to be a four month and we're going to hopefully get some other stuff in there. So it makes a lot of sense, especially once everybody gets the the demolition clause out and the money's paid for by them. It makes sense. And maybe come three years down the line, two years down the line now in 2022, maybe something changes, maybe it doesn't. Maybe this group decides, you know what, there's enough of an itch. Let's try and get a minor league team back. Maybe not. Who knows? Who, who
1: knows? We'll see. Uh, I think that ultimately, though, for the community, the resources are going to be used a lot more in this moment uh, for them. Like you said, it's going to be a community yeah. center. It'll be a community meeting place for everyone to be there. And obviously, that's what these independent leagues do uh, yeah. allow for. But I also think that in this particular case, the bid wasn't strong enough to say, I mean, there's no Ferris wheel, right? I mean, I yeah, I'd go court. if they had the Ferris wheel, then, then, then it would be, be a done deal. deal. And then we'd be done. I mean, wow. the Patriots Ferris wheel. But no, I mean, I, you know, obviously, but more seriously, I, I do think that like if you just have something that's a little bit of entertainment and excitement and, you know, like you said, light shows and haunted houses in the off season, If they would have had that bid, then I would have said, mm, you know, it
0: might be something to consider. Yeah. You but, know, they only had a couple of elements from that bid. Where it's like, yeah. oh, we'll do some of the off season stuff here, but we can't give you the the early season things because we need to get the field ready for the right. season or something like that, or we can't give you playoffs because that's going to be in April and May and our season's going to be during that time, so we can't give you that. Then there'd be a case there, but when it's just baseball only, it's not a good bid,
1: right? And they didn't and they didn't try to incorporate the community into that bid, and that's why it lost. And it just didn't deserve to win, in my opinion.
0: Exactly. So it's unfortunate. Hopefully, at some point, Mobile gets it. But to be honest, when you look at their attendance, you look at the state of the stadium. it it looked, again, a little bit more like uh, how the Can-Am League was or how the Frontier League is. It seemed like more of a fit there than in the Atlantic League. And I think, and what I'm kind of concerned, because we've heard Mesquite talked about, we've heard um, Potucket now that we're talking about, Mobile that we're talking about. We heard about all these places where, oh, we're interested in that. Obviously, High Point came in this past year. Gaston is going to come in next year. Well, not 2020, but 2021 next year. Right. It seems like they're really game on the expansion bit. I think they kind of want to get to that 14-team mark too. And it makes sense. They're capable of doing that. But I really hope they're not just rushing it and going to wherever whatever mark is possible. Because I, we went through last week... On the Q&A, the markets that could reasonably host them, and there's only, like, two or three that could reasonably have an Atlantic League team there. Right. I mean... A successful one, at least. Exactly. Like, we're not talking one that's going to go out in four or five years. We're talking about one that's going to last 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Yeah. And it's just a very... It's very touch-and-go there, and I really hope they just don't kind of, like, ham-fist one in there. Yeah, you know, I agree. It's like... I've mentioned this before in the past, but me and well used to talk about this an awful lot, like over the summer, how it seemed like New Britain was just kind of like a panic move or this is open, we gotta put something here because we just lost two teams. Yeah. Type of thing. And I really hope they're not gonna do that now. Because that never results well and it's just going to create problems later on. And I really hope they're not just rushing into something. I'd like to see them take their time. I'd like to see them find some other places, even if it requires a safer bet like Atlantic City or Something along those lines. Right. I I just really, really hope they don't rush into anything because now even Ottawa's talked about and we've mentioned last week how bad of an idea that would be. Oh,
1: Ottawa would be slipshod. It would be thrown together. Like you said, wait for Atlantic City. Wait for these other places that you might have to do some renovation. You might have to build a new stadium like in Gastona. But at the end of the day, you're it a, pays off. It pays off because if you methodically do these things, and it takes four or five years, it ultimately it lasts, lasts
0: more than four so or five years. Like, look at the seven teams that are there; they they all had teams built for them. Yeah, the teams that failed didn't have that, or again, the management or the city said, "No, no, no we don't want you here anymore." Exactly. So uh, that's why I think. Like, I heard a whisper a while back of the Woodlands over in Texas possibly building a stadium. That would make some sense. You would have a team there with Sugarland to contend with. There's a lot more that would make a lot more sense there. And I I just rather see them wait, take their time and make the right decision than just rush into like a mobile or something just to build everyone's hopes up for a little bit and then kind of have them come crashing down.
1: Agreed. All
0: right. So we'll move now to a little bit different the Atlantic League, but still Atlantic League. St. Clyburn is going to be back in 2020. It will be his third season with the Blue Crabs. Fifth season overall, managing in the Atlantic League, he has an all-time record of two hundred and fifty-seven and three hundred. His record with the Blue Crabs is one hundred and twenty-eight and one hundred and fifty. Blue Crabs have never really been a successful uh, or historically successful team. They've had good stretches. They Mm -hmm. have had uh, one division uh, title before. They won a half once and kind of went out in the in the postseason. Mm -hmm. So they've always kind of struggled a little bit there. But uh, Stan is a kind of locker room guy. He managed to get the guys together. He's uh, pretty much what you expect from an Atlantic League manager. He's had success back when he was uh, managing in the American Association, when he was managing in affiliated ball about a decade back. Yep. And uh, yeah, I don't- there's not really a better candidate at the moment, so
1: no, I think Stan's a baseball guy. I think it works out well for him and the organization. It makes sense to stay with him because they did so show some promise uh, at moments last year, even though they did struggle ultimately. Mm. Uh, but I do think that they'll be on the up this year. Uh, you know, they're they're one of my teams to watch uh, for this year because I do think there's a little bit of do, you know, and I think they're they're do um, going into there. So I think there's that. Uh, of course, you know, I want to see pinch the blue crab being put on as the bench coach, but. But I mean, other than that, you know. Gotta get pinch into the offense. I That's mean, the problem.
0: Gotta I gotta have them back in cleanup. Come on. Exactly. I mean, but already, though, coming out of the uh, disposal draft. Or dispersal draft, or whatever you want to call it. It's yeah. dispersal draft. It's something. You're getting the players from New Britain. They made some good, solid picks. They definitely addressed some needs. I'm a little bit shaky at catcher. I'd like to see them do something there, but I'm sure they'll address it at some point. Yep. The infield's pretty good. You got McAdams. You got Galvez. Yep. Um, you have Garcia, too. So you got a very solid middle of the infield now, assuming everybody comes back. Right. Outfield's going to look pretty good, too. You got Reichmacher now. Mm hmm. You have uh, Corey Vaughn back. Yeah. You have Ruby Silva. You have a couple other guys that are really going to be solid there. If Laitos comes back, you have another really solid closer role, which you fit in very well there. He'd be great there, man. You have Daryl Thompson, who's been probably the best pitcher over the past two or three years in the Atlantic League. Agreed, Should yeah. he come back again? Of course, there's already some question marks there. Oh, is there? um, But, you know, I, I definitely think there's potential here. I think you could manage to really – put together a competitive team that surprises some people especially if the freedom division again is a little bit weaker. Yeah. There's obviously York was very strong but we saw Sugarland really kind of patter up and down they weren't very strong so maybe they drop off. Yeah. Maybe Lancaster doesn't rebound and then all of a sudden now you're fighting with York. And as we saw York definitely struggled in the beginning but after they got over that they were like a they were like a rocket they just shot up. Yeah. I could see it being I'm having a good rebound you. now, a bit of a a bit of a homer for, them, I guess. Uh, I'm a big fan of the organization, not as big of a fan as Pinch as you are. right. Of course but I definitely I definitely am rooting for them. I'd like to see them succeed. It's an all-star season, so maybe they they push all the chips into the middle of the table now and any sort of restrictions they may or may not have had, they go away. They say we're gonna get the best guys. We're not going to lose out on any any battle. And we're going to come away with, with a postseason appearance because we need that. This year,
1: yeah, I agree. I'd love to see them succeed as well. I think they're a well-run organization and one that uh, deserves to have a really good year. Their fans deserve to have a really good year, and I hope it. Uh, I hope it works out for them. Like you said, a great middle infield, really deep outfield. Obviously, Ruby Silva, big player to watch there. Yep. Um, so, I mean, you know, you've got a lot of good stuff going on in Southern Maryland, and the question is, can they put it all together? Which they haven't really been able to do. I mean, we talked about it last year. They had a really good, promising group uh on paper last year as well and that just didn't come together so hopefully Clyburn and the rest of the organization can pull them together this year
0: yep so with that i think we can move on to our final topic of the day like i said it's a bit of a shorter episode but off season again that's why and we'll come up with some creative stuff to do over the little bit and we'll try and get the equipment we need to do interviews and whatnot make it more entertaining but for right now our last topic is your new york boulders new league New name. New York. Ooh, I like that. That was very nice. Yeah, that's their thing. I I skipped one of them, though.
1: Mm, well, that's all right. You know, the team, the city that never sleeps, the team that never sleeps, you know, close enough. See, see somebody
0: read my Twitter I, post.
1: I did read the Twitter post. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I like this. This is nice. Uh, I like that they're attaching themselves to New York City. Like you said before, it kind of helps them attach themselves to these new Frontier League fans. Oh, this is what New York is. Oh, they're in New York. Got it. Great. Um, but I, I do actually like this move. Uh, I think they the rebrand is good for them and it actually, in my opinion, can make them, uh, you know, their logo and everything. And it gives them more of a breath of being able to redesign things and you know, they already have the New Jersey with the yeah. New York across the front. So they're already playing upon it. So they should just go all the way in. And it's a really good, really good marketing move. Everybody knows what New York is. And even if it's a little bit out in Rockland County, they still know what New York uh, city is and New York state is as well.
0: Exactly. All last night, I was trying to shake them down and tell me what it was and trying to go, if I guess it right, well, you tell me I'm right? <laughs> and I I couldn't get it. You know, even though now I'm a bit annoyed at myself, I should have figured this out. I mean, they have a jersey that says New York across the front of it. They do, so yes. So, clearly it was in the making there. And that the slogan they have is new decade, new league, new name, New York. I could have came up with that, but you know.
1: You know what? It's nice. I like yeah. it. It's smooth. It transitions well. Yep. And I got to say...
0: Yeah, everything you said there, it's exactly the reason they gave. They want to be better known. It's a good marketing opportunity. It represents where more of their fans are from because they're from the greater kind of uh, metro area there.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely.
0: But it's, funniest, it's funny as it can be if you look at the Twitter replies. You have our thing where I put out the uh, the New York Boulders, the team that never sleeps, hashtag be bold. Right. And they, and they replied. But don't sleep on us. Three fire emojis. So right. they're really pumped about this.
1: Right, of course, as they should be.
0: Yep. But then we have, I'm not going to read out the names to people, but if you go to the post, you can read it. We have one person saying traitors. <gasps> we have another person saying Rockland offic- Rocklin officially are OK with this or better yet Ramapo officials. Then another person got the Dancing Carlton gif, and uh, bigger league, bigger name. Makes sense. Plus 10 year anniversary. Lots to celebrate. Another person uh, got a couple people in there and said, thoughts, you think this can be Rockland out of their history? Um, let's see, where's some of the, oh, another person said, after all the money you got from the local government, question mark. Someone else says, I despise red and blue teams, but at least it's not another boring animal name. <laughs> Which, fun fact to that guy, if you have a dog in your logo, it actually does better for social media results. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I listened to a, a, like another podcast that had Paul Rabel on, who started a kind of an independent cross league. None of the teams are in actual physical locations. They're all traveling teams, so they all go to different stadiums around the country What whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they're really big in the social media. And he said, somehow, a dogs came on. He's like, it's funny you mentioned that, because whenever we have a dog in a post... It always does better in the results. So we did a study on this, and people just see dogs and animals, and they're instinctively more likely to click to like it. Wow! So I was like, "Oh, that's that's interesting." Not sure why I mentioned it, but just something.
1: You know, there that. you go.
0: Yep. Uh, someone said, "Awesome! I will now own retro gear. We'll About to buy some sweet new Boulder swag." Very true. Yes. Yep. That's
1: then someone true else for us as well. Yeah.
0: yeah. Someone else said, "Oh no! Don't like this at all." And then someone uh, put up the uh, laughing uh, NBA playoff emoji, which is just uh, a guy maniacally laughing and going, ah, no. So it's safe to say the results are... Oh, someone else said so excited. So it's safe to say we got some mixed results here. Mixed results. Personally, uh, all I can say is I'm thoroughly well. It's really not that surprising to me. Uh, I think we all kind of knew that this was... The most likely yeah certainly one of those teams where it's like they're not committed to independently baseball at all and frankly if they got the opportunity to jump ship they probably would probably, i can't necessarily yeah. blame them because of the market they're in it makes a lot of sense and more so than that though it's just they clearly want to be associated with new york it's going to do better for branding and merchandising like you said it makes you more well known there's a lot of pluses to it. Rockland County doesn't really have the same thing. I mean, you do play on the rock theme with Rockland County boulders. Right. It makes more sense than New York boulders just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. But it just sounds more uh, more professional. It sounds cleaner. It sounds nicer when you have New York something.
1: Yep. Uh, obviously, New York is really the big market there. It's a way for them to tap into it. And, you know, it's just one of those things for me that, it's, they're not betraying you. It's the state you live in. You'll live. Trust me. I know. I find this funny. That was it's a total betrayal. It's a
0: betrayal. After, what do you a, care? after all the money. Oh, they're still in the state of New York. Get over it. It's like, if anything, the people of Ramapo should be more annoyed, being that Ramapo's in both New York and New Jersey. That's true. That's who they should be annoyed. you right.
1: You should be annoyed at the fact that your town is, is split two across towns. state yeah, lines. Two, I think there's two separate municipalities, but still, you know, we got to be more creative than that folks. Come on.
0: I mean, like, really, like, what? Like, it makes more sense. West Everyone New knows, York, New Jersey. Exactly. It just makes so much sense. It's like if your team was the tri-city whatever, and then you got annoyed that they picked one city or the state. No, it makes more sense for branding. It's, I understand if you're just like it wasn't really needed, but okay, like that's how I feel. It's not really that needed. They're not, not changing anything. No, they're changing like, and if you look around the stadium too, there's not really anywhere that says Rockland anywhere. Right. I mean, it's just it, they've always boulders, boulders and they go with their B logo as opposed to the new one they're promoting here. It, all that's going to change is maybe now they'll actually have more stuff in the team store, so that way there's quality stuff to buy. Because that's one of my biggest gripes: they don't actually have the on-the-field official hat. Right. It's like I think they may have. I've seen it once or twice. They actually had the hats like behind the uh, checkout counter, which doesn't really help me because I want to try on the hat before yeah. I buy it, and I don't know my hat size verbatim. And they don't have any that are like a curved brim hat. It's only flat brim hats. Uh, yeah. So we and we gotta if, work
1: on the we gotta work on the merchandise. Work, exactly.
0: Every, Talk about well, Rockland. Uh, how they don't really use their logos. So it's not that big of a change. Yep. It's, it's not, gonna not be that the big standard, of a change. standard everything.
1: Yep. And I think Rockland, it's a good job for them to kind of move on to this New York name. I'm going to have to get used to calling them New York. And I'm really looking forward to uh, buying some New York uh, memorabilia.
0: Yep. So going up there is going to be a good time. And we're going to need pinched blue Reb. All right, so we'll, we'll end this one off now. About forty minutes long, probably even shorter than that. Once I wind up editing this and taking the whole section that you probably won't hear, unless you go to the Indie Ball Report YouTube channel, Indie Ball Report podcast on YouTube, and then you'll hear the segment. So we'll go and we'll close with the show as I'm already shamelessly promoting everything. So you can find us on Twitter at Indie Ball Pod. You can find us on Instagram, Indie Ball Report. You can find us on YouTube, Indie Ball Report podcast. I know, great branding. Keep them all the same. Uh, you can also find everything we produce, videos, articles, podcasts, just random things on the website, IndieBallReport.com. You can find it all there. We're available on pretty much every major podcatcher now. Google Play, iTunes, Podomatic, TuneIn, Stitcher, you know. Spotify. Spotify, too. Yep. How could I forget Spotify? All 20 people that listen on Spotify. <laughs> Not even 20. Normally, Spotify five any case, we got all of them. You can find us on all those platforms and most other ones, too. And, uh, yeah, do we have anything else left to add? Uh, the
1: only thing I have left to add is I'm really looking forward toward next season. I think uh, it's going to be really fun to go see some baseball again. And obviously, we're a long way out. But we're going to get through these winter doldrums together. And let's keep going and uh, play some ball.
0: I hear that. I miss baseball so much. Uh, me, too. But until, hey, until it comes back. And until next week, when we'll give you your indie ball fix... Don't forget to play ball.